Good morning and welcome to episode 10 of the Life Lucid Coast podcast. I'm here with Keith. Happy Thursday, Keith. Something I wanted to talk about today is this has been a challenging time for us and for a lot of people in our community and around the world, especially for business owners as they're trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do on the other side of this thing? And there's kind of this elephant in the room that not everyone is going to reopen their doors after this. Not everyone's going to be able to overcome this challenge. And it's going to be hard for a lot of people, but what are some things that maybe people can try to avoid being one that has to shut their doors because of this virus? Yeah, it's it's a good question and one that, we, you know, we're struggling with or wrestling with every day. And I know a lot of others are as well, depending on whose statistics you look at. About 20 percent of new businesses, startup businesses will fail in their first year. And that number grows closer to seven out of 10 when you extend that out for the first 10 years. And so that, that, those are numbers that again the stats vary but they're fairly consistent when you look over time so that tells us that even in good times it's difficult to start a business right and you face some uphill challenges and in in a in the midst of a a global pandemic uh, an economic crisis obviously that number is going to go up and so like you said we've been introspecting and looking at okay so what do we do you know a lot of our assumptions as we talked about earlier in the week are out the window and so one of the things i've been doing and reflecting on is looking at what are the reasons for failure uh, of small businesses of new businesses and, and then thinking about how does that that apply in light of our context maybe we talk about those a little bit and there's again lots of articles uh, that you can read lots of data about why small businesses do fail or startup businesses. And, and one of them is just a, you know, a pretty obvious one, and that is a failure to deliver real value. A lot of times a, a startup founder or a new business venture or a restaurant owner or an inventor uh, becomes very focused on their idea and not as focused on whether that idea is reflected in a valuation by customers. Somebody want to buy it. Does somebody want to pay for your service? And so really focusing on what is the core value that you're trying to deliver and to whom are you delivering it is always key. In this pandemic, it's even harder because value itself is shifting. We don't know where we're going to land at the end of this, whatever the end of this is. And so it becomes imperative that we be almost constantly ready to pivot, almost constantly scanning what is value in the world today. Who's going to pay? Where is money even going to come from? While also, and then there's a challenge of also keeping to your core purpose in that. Uh, we talked earlier in the week a little bit about if the only value is money, then there's always lots of ways to try and figure out some new scheme to make money. Thinking about how you pivot within the boundaries of your core purpose are important factors when you look at the successful companies. That's one category. And I think in that realm, one thing we can be doing while we're all frustratingly kind of sitting around waiting, you know, is is thinking more deeply about the value that our company exists to deliver and how that is changing. It can be tempting or it can be easy to get overwhelmed by all the news and feel like everything's going to go to shit. Pardon me. But at the same time, you know, if you set aside two hours a day for optimistically looking at how is value shifting? How is my likely target market shifting? You know, what is the landscape of my business today and what might it be in three months that's a, a valuable use of our time right now when at a time when we can all be kind of frustrated at 
what do I even do? Another and related area of failure is a failure to connect with your target audience. Because if you have the greatest widget in the world or the coolest service or the most, you know, the tastiest falafel, if you don't understand who wants that thing and how best to communicate to them, you can fail very quickly, very easily. And so again, this is a time where we can be rethinking who our target audiences are. And yes, it's a potentially moving target because of the, cl the, the climate and the context. But if we're paying at least a little bit of attention to that question and thinking strategically about who might my audiences be, who were they in the past? Who are they going to be now? And how do I connect with them? What's the best medium? Should I be doing a podcast? Should I be advertising? Should I be picking up the phone and calling? Those are things that you can think about and experiment with, even as we're in the midst, middle of this pause. Something I think many businesses, it's easy to think that if you build it, they will come. And it isn't that simple. There are systems and ways that you need to be providing that value to the market. And it's something that I personally failed at as a freelance videographer. I would go project to project and in between, I would just do the thing because that's what I wanted to be doing. And then I would fail to do any promotion and everything would dry up. I would have no leads, no customers in the bank and it would be very stop and go. And then when the pandemic started, everything went away. And I know a lot of people are in that boat. So rather than like, well, how do I just nab that next project, take a step back, put a system in place so you can actually build something that continues to work whenever you're not just hunting for those projects. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And it highlights to me another top reason for failure in small business and startups. And that is a, a failure to create an effective funnel. Uh, a lot of people get into business again with an idea or a passion or a thing they want to do or sell. And a lot of times that thing isn't about selling. It isn't about developing business. And small business owners can be lacking in an understanding of, of sales principles. Ultimately, regardless of the channel that you use to connect with your, your target audience, regardless of how valuable what you offer might be. If you don't have relationships, you don't have a funnel. Ultimately, sales is about relationships. It's about people knowing about your company, having an authentic understanding of what your company is and who they are, feeling some kind of connection with your company, whether you're Nike or you know, Lucid Coast, that, that is true. And you know, understanding the steps involved in creating connection to people, telling your story, getting it out there and, 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 and ways that will connect to the people you're trying to talk to, and then forming relationships. It, you know, it's one thing to know Nike exists, it's another thing to feel like you've got a deep relationship with that particular brand. One of the things you can do during a pandemic is work on relationships and work on selling. And even if you're making 10 phone calls a day and selling nothing, you're making 10 phone calls a day you know, and you're making progress that you may not understand right now how it's going to lead to value, but down the line can in fact lead to value. And, and it can come from some funny places. We can leverage relationships that you might not have thought had anything to do with the business you were getting into and think about how those relationships could open up new routes to value. I think anyway. I, th I think a, a really important note to hit because it's a, a term that gets thrown out a lot in referring to sales of building relationships. The notion of that is not to take the people you know and try and get something from them. It's to find what can I do for you? How can I provide value to you? Because if it's just I have this thing, do you want it? That becomes about you. And people try and mask that as this, well, I'm trying to help them. Yeah, but your intent is to sell them on it. When you reach out and 
offer, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Especially in the time of crisis. You know, we've reached yeah. out to a, you know, a broad array of groups and organizations and it wouldn't necessarily be our perfect customer, but they have something that we can help them with. So we've done the best that we can with what we have. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it brings to mind some of the things that frustrate me about some of the network marketing that happens in the world or affiliate marketing. You know, great phenomenon that has empowered a lot of remote jobs and second income streams and arguably has improved lives in a lot of ways. And a lot of those products are very good, but they they fall into that category oftentimes of, hey, I'm going to try to get all my friends to buy stuff from me and then sign them up to be a part of my network so that, you know, and it, and it can come off as a less than valuable thing to some people. If you're thinking more from the standpoint of how does my product or how does my capability or the thing that I'm trying to do in the world um, really align with the needs of, of my target audience and how do I better understand them and use the relationships, not as a means of convincing people to buy your stuff, but as a means of connecting to the people that would really actually value your stuff. <laughs> and it's a subtle but important difference. And so thinking through, again, your value, your connection points, and then how you develop relationships, you know, those are all things that they're probably not going to lead to immediate sales right now. People are not at the enterprise level and down to the individual level are not spending money. But people have time to develop relationships right now and people have time to explore possibilities. And some of those people are going to be out of work and maybe become valuable members of your business if you put your heads together and find ways to deliver value. Another failure point that I'll talk about is, is you know, the failure to create effective business systems. Uh, and this is one where people like me who are visionaries, who are constantly pushing the envelope, need to be able to focus on time to just do the basics, the blocking and tackling, and put the right teams and systems in place so that visionary behavior and leadership can be effective. It can't be effective if you don't have good business systems. So at Lucid Coast, one of the things that we're doing in response to this is just circling the wagons on our business systems and getting our paperwork in order and making sure that our contracts are tight, uh, working on tools for collaboration. Now, maybe that stuff is boring. Yeah, it, it is boring to me. Some people really love it. To me, it can be really painful. But this is a great time to to, if you don't know what else to do, crack open your financials, look at your processes, map them out on a, on a on the back of a napkin. Think about how you're delivering business and where the opportunities are to get better at and more efficient at the basics of business so that when we get to the other side and when we hopefully see an increase in business demand and opportunity, you're going to be faster and more prepared to move with it. You don't get tripped up by paperwork that wasn't filed or a process that is ineffective or you don't have some kind of data that you need yeah, to, to be able to go get that next round of financing. So it's a good time to do that. And it's also a good time. Like this is another big one. I, I really believe in this one. Like businesses fail because of a, of a failure to build a sense of belonging, a powerful employee tribe. Even if your employees are furloughed or laid off, this is a great time to be working on building your tribe and, and feeling like you're coming together as a team and that you're in this together and, you know, making sure that the downtime is used to create a strong sense of team and community within your own company. Even if you're only three people, the, the power of we're in this together and the power of the team when it comes to figuring out how to make it through and recover from a, a situation like this, I think can't be underestimated. Yes, absolutely. Because we are all in this together. And 
To wrap up, there's a quote that I found that I really want to share. I'll link the whole thing. When you go out and see the empty streets, the empty stadiums, the empty train platforms, don't say to yourself, it looks like the end of the world. What you're seeing is love in action. People will lose jobs over this. Some will lose their businesses and some will lose their lives. All the more reason to take a moment when you're out on your walk or on your way to the store or just watching the news to look into the emptiness and marvel at all of the love. It isn't the end of the world. It is the most remarkable act of global solidarity we may ever witness. Because we are coming together to beat this thing. Some are going to get beaten up over it. Some are going to go through painstaking, life-changing adjustment in their lives, in their businesses, in their professions. But we will come out this thing. And we need to do our part and see this through. Yep, that's a great quote. I love it. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of the Life at Lucid Coast podcast. We will see you here tomorrow.